This podcast contains explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I got a jaywalking <laughs> ticket the other day. Did I tell you that? Oh, did you actually? Yeah, I actually got a jaywalking ticket. I didn't think that was real. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thundercast. My name is Christian. My name is Lucas. And I'm Liam. Here's another podcast that just talks about movies. Today's episode is sponsored by water. So, if humans are 70% water, and Jesus could walk on water, then why is it when I walk on these babies, I'm not Jesus? <laughs> uh, well, actually, uh, the human body is 92% water. Even better! So why is it, well, I can't walk on these babies? Why is that illegal? So that means babies are like 95, whatever. Anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're coming to you live from the apocalypse, which is much sooner than you think it is. Uh, just, just... Let's start preparing now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, they're, they're all coming from the rapture. Uh, Make sure you pack up on all the gear from Little Shop of Pleasures. Yeah, do not, yeah, do not forget about your bondage. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. useful. Yeah, uh, today's episode, we are going to do something unlike anything we've done before. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily gonna go off the way we want it to, but we're gonna try and convince Lucas of a, a movie that Liam and I like. Uh, and then we'll see if we can somehow convince him to watch it and appreciate it in a different way. Uh, anyway. So, in other, in other words, prove to Lucas why we've been right all this time and why we've been wrong. <laughs> You'll see a number of other episodes later, uh, like how Lucas and I are going to try and convince Liam that uh, Barbie's Horseshoe Canyon adventure is actually a masterpiece. It's high art. Yes. Liam's <laughs> 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 <No. laughs> broken, guys. We didn't. We, yeah, we didn't change his batteries before the show. Oh, man. Um, never mind. I was gonna tell something dirty. I'm glad I did. <laughs> I mean, the only way to convince me now is because my parole officer permitted it. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, Liam's been developing this character for himself since the beginning of the podcast, where he's just a total badass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You like, get arrested for not paying parking tickets. Yeah, <laughs> I got a jaywalking <laughs> ticket the other day. Did I tell you that? Oh, did you actually? Yeah, I actually got a jaywalking ticket. I didn't think that was real. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... it's because Liam realized the system doesn't work and tried no, to you solve did... it himself. No, this isn't a lie. I Not Liam, Christian, me. I legitimately got a jaywalking ticket. $25. It sucked. Um, oh, that's... Yeah. That's real. Wow. It's lame. Why would you charge someone 20? Oh, never mind. I don't he, care. he called it an idiot tag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I think we'll do our usual uh, gambit. and We're going to slow things down a little bit. And All right. Talk about the things that we've seen recently. Uh, fuck it. Let's let Liam start. Let's let, let's let him get it all out. <laughs> all right, so I... That was really mean. I'm sorry. Fuck you, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah, so um, I watched... A lot of stuff this round. Um, uh, outside of like just the usual stuff that I've been indulging in, just watching videos on philosophy and political theory. Um, I watched, uh, uh, was it? I've been continuing the trend of watching like older adult animated shows. I watched one called The Max that was produced by MTV and based off an image comic. Okay. Or image, com- uh, the comic book from Image. And fuck, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it essentially follows this, um, uh, this homeless, uh, superhero who drifts between two worlds, one being, I guess, in his mind, and, um, then, the, like, the real world. So, like, in his own mind, he's, like, he's in this place called the Outback. He associates Australia as, like, this place with, like, a bunch of monsters and, like, there's this jungle warrior queen who he protects. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Australia doesn't have jungles. <laughs> Um, Full of monsters and jungle queens, though. But like, and uh, uh, so like, and but in the real world, he live in it, reality. He lives in a box, and he's uh, just hopelessly confused all the time, and just kind of a fool. And the only person who cares for him is uh, a freelance social worker, which is a term I hate. But <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's as the show progresses, like, because it's sold and marketed as being like a an, abs- an absurdist like superhero show, but it's really just a um. A weird, psych, almost like a absurdist uh, meditation on uh, on like uh, grief and mental illness and depression. Um, one cool thing about it that really threw me off while I was watching it because 
uh, let's just say uh, it probably wasn't a good idea to watch it while while enjoying some cabbage, but. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, <laughs> Liam, it's legal. You can say it's marijuana. Legal, yeah, yeah. Um, but drugs? I've never touched them before. <laughs> um, but like from scene to scene, the animation style changes. Yeah, like from scene to scene, and to convey different moods, the animation style it's similar enough, but it changes from scene to scene. So like there'll be one where it almost looks kind of like where it's animated like very slow, and everybody kind of doesn't move right. Like say Charlie Brown, and then it'll go more like look something more like Spawn. Or and then it'll go and look something more like just other shows that um, MTV was doing at the time. It's, like, you see what I mean when I say it's fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I uh, also watched uh, uh, last Saturday. Uh, Christian and I and uh, another friend of ours went to go see John Wick Chapter Three. John Wick, mm-hmm. friend of the show. Wait, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish John. I miss. I wish Mr. Wick was a friend of the show. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, please sponsor us. Now I'm begging Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> um, I want to meet you. Seems like such a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's for the most part what I've watched. Um, I also uh, and the other stuff is just reading the news and where I had to stop because I was getting pissed. Anyhow, Christian, <laughs> um, I'll talk. We'll we'll talk about John John Wick a little bit more in depth in a moment. But uh, I saw, the day before I saw John Wick, I saw Detective Pikachu. So a totally oh, different, yeah, yeah. different um, vibe and different kind of movie. It was all right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's pretty normal in terms of the story and like it's very predictable the human characters are really boring but damn pikachu is fucking cute (laughs) it's it's too much at times um the the pokemon are really well animated and they fit into that universe really well um but like i said the plot and the villain are really weak and you Mm -hmm. can kind of see right through it as soon as stuff starts to happen um, but then they kind of take it left turn in the la- in the very last like five minutes that you weren't really expecting. Um, that is actually really interesting. Um, I watched uh, this television show called Russian Doll. I don't know if you you keep you keep stealing the shit that I watched. You watched Russian Doll. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. I'll let you talk about it then, All right. uh, and then we can have a conversation there. Uh, but uh, I also watched uh, jo- uh, Detective. Uh, uh, whoops, Detective Wick Part Three. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> He's a very brutal method of detectiving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Liam and I saw John Wick Chapter Three, and uh, I was, fuck, it was cool. It has, <laughs> it's very cool. It has some of the coolest, probably some of the best action I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, hands down. Uh, spoiler, not spoiler. He kills a guy with a book. Nice. Yeah, just with a fucking book. Yeah. Like, I think they're just trying to go through all... Like, if you've seen any of the Jack, John Wick movies, um, the, he it's like he's going through, um, like, his uh, Trapper Keeper and just trying to see what he can kill people with. And <laughs> I think he's going to maybe use a ruler or a textbook mm-hmm. or, like... A DVD. Yeah, an John Apple. Wick 4, School's Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also saw um, Hereditary. Um, you know, Ari Aster, um, he's the guy who made the, he, the movie comes out, uh, I believe it's next month, month after, uh, but it's called, um, Midsummer, uh, or Midsummer. I don't know. Uh, William Jackson Harper's in it. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, it's, uh, it's something all right. It's, it's one of probably the most anxiety driven films I've ever seen. It's very, it makes you very nervous and very anxious. And, uh, Tony Collette is just a powerhouse Mm-hmm. And it, she is very, very good. And then I can't remember if it's Alex Wolf or Nat Wolf, but one of those two naked brothers. Um, they, uh, one of them's in it, and he he acts his ass off. Um, but it, the movie's basically like a possession, like demonic movie, and like um, you know, exorcist in a way. But they take some very big risks in the mm-hmm. movie. There's a moment that happens about 30 minutes in the movie that is one of the most shocking and disgusting things I've ever seen put on film. And uh, it, I'll, if you, I'll, I'll tell you later. I won't tell you during the podcast because it, it's really fucking gross. Um, and then I watched Rat Race last night. Oh, okay. Uh, you remember Rat Race? Big memories of it. Yeah, Rowan Atkinson, Seth mm-hmm. Green, Brecken Meyer, Amy Smart, Whoopi Goldberg, Cuba Gooding so Jr., fun. John Cleese. Uh, a lot of very irrelevant actors now. Yeah, well, it was, <laughs> it was made in 2001, so that's that's why. And uh, it was filmed, a lot of it was filmed here in Calgary. 
Oh, most nice. of it was, I believe, um, and then some of it was filmed in Las Vegas. So, but most of the movie was filmed here in Calgary, um, and basically, it's the it's them trying to um, hunt down some treasure. So John Cleese like sets up this uh, this race, and then he get and gets all these people involved, and then he's like, "Okay, go, go, go find the two million. And then it and there's some pretty offensive shit in it. There's this one scene where John Lovitz, if you know who John Lovitz is, he um, uh, ends up stealing Adolf Hitler's car, uh, and then he gets his wife like uses some um, lipstick, like Ava Braun's lipstick, mm-hmm. and it ends up getting on the steering wheel, and he hits his face against the steering wheel and gets a little Hitler stash, and then okay. a the lighter from the car flies into his mouth, and then they end up pulling up at a World War Two veterans uh, memorial thing, and he can't talk right, so because he's his t- m- tongue's all burnt, so he sounds like he's speaking German. And he's like, and he's just like fucking hailing Hitler and shit. It's it's very strange, very inappropriate. <laughs> very, very inappropriate. You're gonna get offended by something that absurd and that ridiculous. You need to reevaluate your shit. I don't know. I can totally see why you would get offended by that. But um, yeah, there's a lot of um, really dated humor in it. We, anyway, oh, we also uh, the other night uh, we went to go watch a showing downtown of the movie Fubar. Fubar. Yeah, um, it's a it's a mockumentary based in Calgary about these two headbangers. One of them gets cancer, and mm-hmm. it's actually super fucking funny. It, oh, okay. it, like, yeah, you know it's a movie uh, Christian told me about for years, but I had never seen. And he was just like, "Hey Liam, want to come out and see Fubar tonight?" I was like, well, "Okay." And one and, of the guys in it, his name's uh, that guy's real name is Dave Lawrence, but in the show, in the movie, both movies and the TV show, he plays a character named Terry. And he was down there at the show in full costume, full character, the <laughs> entire time. Nice. And it was it was pretty cool. I got a photo with him. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, that's what I've seen. Cool. Uh, I read a book. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises no one. I read a book called Full Moon. Full Moon, not Full Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Jim Butcher. It's a sequel to Stormfront uh, in the Dresden Files series. I think I talked about Stormfront. I think so, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's another story about Harry Dresden, the wizard for hire, trying to like solve a mystery and stuff like that. And something Jim Butcher is really, really good at is putting his protagonist through hell. Like I don't think Harry Dresden has had a good day since the book series started. <laughs> yeah, right. On. Is it like <laughs> level of George R. R. Martin esque hell or not? Not like that, but like, um, like because one of the main rules of like storytelling is uh, you have to challenge your, your protagonist. You have to things have, just shouldn't go well for them until the end of the story and things do not go well for Harry Dresden like every single plan he comes up with at least partially fails and then like he gets beat the shit out of him like constantly like he gets shot and he gets almost ripped up by a wolf he gets beaten up by cops and just everything that could happen to somebody and make them uh feel bad physically happens to Harry Dresden shit yeah I mean, sounds like something I would probably enjoy, given that one of my <laughs> biggest criticisms with things right now is that I, in a lot of mainstream movies right now, I never feel like the hero or main character is actually being challenged or actually... <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought he was going to say he was going to... Liam wanted to get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I do enjoy writing stuff where uh, people are just going through pretty... Like, hell. To a point where I was... De- for a while, I was developing a short film called Zack Goes to Fucking Hell, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's also really good at incorporating a lot of seemingly uh, seemingly um, disconnected plot elements, weaving them all together in like all this in all the same conspiracy. So it's always a lot of fun to kind of follow along and see uh, how everything connects. And that's that book. Um, I watched Russian Doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. had I had almost no interest in Russian Doll until I saw a trailer. Where they revealed like uh, that there was another person in the loop. Yeah, there. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I just had heard that it was a good show, and mm-hmm. I was a little apprehensive because of the whole like it's Groundhog Day, but with a woman. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but then like like you said, it becomes incredibly interesting once there's mm-hmm. another person involved. Yeah, that that was the twist that kind of got me interested. Yeah. In and also Natasha Lyonne is a really, really good actress. She's basically mostly playing the same character from Orange is the New Black. Is she? Yeah. yeah. Like, with minor alterations, she's not in prison. <laughs> yeah. Well, she, she, she also wrote and directed, I believe, the pilot and then yeah, the rest she was, of the series. Yeah, her, her and Amy Poehler wrote it, I believe. Right. Yeah. 
was, it was a pretty good right. series. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it all in one night. <laughs> uh, I used uh, we used two nights, <laughs> but yes, I did. I did really enjoy enjoy it. I thought the the cinematography was top notch. Oh yeah, the writing mm-hmm. was really really good. Yeah, I liked how like because we've all seen dozens of that kind of story where someone's stuck in, stuck in a time loop, blah blah, yeah. shit like that. But I liked how they kind of they made it more interesting by having someone else caught in the time loop with her, and they raised the stakes. Mm-hmm. It's not just like oh, you're just gonna be stuck in the loop for forever. Shit starts going like as weird yeah, and wrong can't and, can't say anything yeah. really. But as things happen, I things mean, become weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not have... just like Groundhog Day where he goes outside and has to save the same fucking guy every single day. No, it's it's a much different. I mean, you have gone off and praised it to me on a few occasions in the past two weeks. Yeah, because it's really enjoyable. I, I, I really, I really had a good time with it. I mean, it does sound interesting. No, it is, it, I, I had no interest in it until that trailer, and then I watched it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And the last thing uh, I'm going to talk about is Game of Thrones is over. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think everyone and their cat on the internet has uh, complained everything that there is to complain about with the, the finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I think the main problem is they decided to tell, not show. Yeah. They completely abandoned the premise of the show. So I'm... but. That's all been said and done. I'm going to talk about the things I liked about season eight. <laughs> I was going to ask That's you to name, you, <laughs> yes, you to name your it. best things, worst things. Uh, best, the performances in the series, especially like Amelia Clark, who plays Daenerys, uh, kills it. Like, with what she's given, she puts so much work in, and I just wish she got a better script. Yeah. She really uh, got into it in that one. She killed it. From what I understand, she really got thrown under the bus this season, and like yes. they really rushed the outcome yeah. of what happened. Some would say under the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a the, okay. I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. I was about to, but I'm not going to anymore. Uh, something else: the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. music is incredible. Like even in moments where it's like a big emotional moment that doesn't they didn't earn it, so it doesn't feel right. But the but you kind of feel it because of the music. The music kind of helps sell the. Thing the writing didn't sell yeah yeah for <laughs> sure the, the music on game of thrones has always been very strong yeah yeah the composer whose name i can't pronounce ramen just what something like that know, the guy yeah. who also did the music for pacific Rim. yes, yes. really yep. yep oh two very different kinds of music but he did so good with both of them coming in the future an episode on music just yeah. saying yeah mm-hmm. definitely. just saying uh anyway carry on um what maybe our next one like who knows the first there's there's the, my favorite sequence in the entire uh season is there's, there's just this sequence it's before a battle, a bunch of characters are sitting in front of a fireplace talking. And it's easily the best scene in the entire uh, season. Literally, they're just talking. They're just talking before a battle, and that's it. It's great. <laughs> some, 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 you know, pre-war chit-chat. Yeah. I really um, like that, that sequence, because uh, I also watched the series finale. Oh, did uh, you? Yeah, because yeah. uh, Liam, uh, Liam and I went to a pub down the, down the way from mm-hmm. here. And they were playing it, even though they really aren't supposed to play it, but they played it anyway. And uh, yeah, we watched it, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't understand half of this, but I can yeah, tell last... that this is not for a lot of people. Yeah, the, la- the last episode I believe you watched, uh, the only episode I think you watched that I remember at least was uh, The Mountain versus The Viper. Correct. I've also seen the, the very first episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've yeah. seen three episodes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> First one, one around the middle, and the last. One. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I've seen the I've seen the the waves of that show. Yeah. Um, I want to know what what happened. Uh, to why that why that guy no leg no work. <laughs> you know? No, I know he fell out of a window. Yeah, in the first one. I did see this one meme. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's one scene where they're discussing who will be king, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's like no one. Like, you've probably seen that meme format where it's like, no one, and then something, and then the picture. But it's yeah. like, no one. And then it's like, uh, Sansa, but Bran's dick don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a picture of Bran, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Bran didn't actually have any objections to that. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, just, what a weird choice. Uh, yeah. No, no, show. what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and the other thing I really really like uh, the cinematography is stellar mm-hmm. they like, always shoot that show really well always. like season one the cinematography was a little boring just cause like money yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show wasn't a big thing they're yet, like but... fuck it make it snow yeah basically <laughs> but uh, yeah there's a lot of real things to love about the season 8 finale I know a couple of people who really liked season 8 uh, to me it ruined the entire show 
Really? <laughs> I, I'm going back and watching some old scenes that actually worked. I'm like, oh, from this season? From not from this season, from uh-huh. like seasons one through four mostly. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, the show when it was good. Yeah. Because oh, I was gonna rip. sit like, because again, I've talked about it a lot. I fell out of Game of Thrones around uh, the middle of season five, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it I was kind of starting to notice for writing a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. that season five is where the writing started to drop yeah. off, and also the fact that like there were just some things that happened where I was like. That really wasn't necessary. I don't need to watch that. <laughs> um, but I will stand. I stand by when I say seasons one to four were like prime television. They are genuinely incredible. Like I saw, I saw a graph. I, I don't, I don't think this is why, but it kind of might correlate. Um, someone made a graph. They counted like words per minute per episode. And, like, it's just a gradual decline from season one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then season, then the la- then the finale, it's, like, goes like that. And then the finale is, like, down. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, are you worried about Star Wars, then? Uh, yeah, they're doing, apparently they're doing a whole trilogy. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But we've had multiple um, creative changes in the course of Star Wars history. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious because I think they might do better with something like Star Wars. Right. Because I, I, I think they were very, very good at adapting really complex narratives. But when it came to writing them, they kind of struggled. Luckily, Star Wars, not known for its complex narratives. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there's also uh, the fact that, keep in mind... Uh, so, Game of Thrones was run by two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the one guy, David... Uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss. Yeah, Dave, yeah uh, David Benioff uh, was a D.B. Wise, had never done anything else before Game of Thrones, or mainly just television stuff. Mm-hmm. David Benioff had uh, written a number of movies, none of which are very well regarded. Uh, one, of, one of which is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. 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 And uh, also on that list is The Kite Runner, hmm. Troy... <laughs> it's like oh Troy's I mean, they're fine <laughs> except for X-Men Origins yeah. but yeah but yeah Game of Thrones 10 years of my life uh, ruined <laughs> um, uh, are you really <laughs> no yes. ruined <laughs> if we are just so you have some shred of like joy and like things mm-hmm. to remember the happy times Lucas yeah. think of it this way answer this question for me mm-hmm. what was your favorite episode my favorite episode how many boobs did it have I don't know. Um, that's actually really difficult because, like, I kind of think of—I don't really think of Game of Thrones in terms of episodes, but you think of it in terms of boobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one that instantly comes to mind is the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Yes, which is a big Tyrion episode. Tyrion was my favorite character up until he stopped doing things. <laughs> well, I mean, Tyrion season two was the Tyrion season. It was. Essentially. It was Battle of Blackwater Bay. Tyrion has a really great speech. He's this wonderful line right before he, they charge in battle. He just says, uh, "Those are brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill them." <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! I, I think uh, my favorite would have probably been uh, uh, just because this is like the last time I remember really loving Game of Thrones was probably the last two episodes of season four, mm-hmm. like where shit really went down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, uh, and it has that, just, that, that was a Viper Mountain, right? Uh, I believe that's uh, episode nine with the Viper and the Mountain. Yeah, yeah. But then and after like, that one, uh, Tyrion. Yeah, and you yeah, know what and, that means. <laughs> yeah. There's also that awesome fight with uh, Brienne and the Hound. Yes, yeah. Um, that was that was one of the best fights in the in the series. The Hound was also one of my favorite characters. I enjoy the Hound. Um, in fact, pretty, one thing that just really disappointed me watching the finale was that. Like, all of my favorite characters did not feel like the same person at all, and not for the better. No, like, not at all. Arya didn't feel like the same person. No, Arya got, Arya got some cool moments in season 8. but She's um, Christopher Columbus now. Basically, yeah. <laughs> uh, my aunt, <laughs> I was talking to my aunt about her, and she said, oh, the dread pirate Arya. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Speaking, going back to the Hound for a second, I, there, I think it was, I can't remember what season it was, but he has this really great line. I'm going to say the C word, so warning. But there's these people in like this ruined inn, and like they're trying to talk to the hound, and he's just like, "If you don't shut your fucking cunt mouth, I'm gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room." <laughs> yes, that's eat fun. every chicken in the room. Uh, isn't that the episode? With a, that's a nice blade. I think I'll pick my teeth with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, or like, I don't know. But again, like even in the finale, like char- I, like uh, things that I knew happened in the previous episode, like other characters I like. I'm, just getting thrown under the bus. Yep. Like, especially what happened with Jamie. Yep. That pissed me off a lot. Because that really depressed me, because when the show started, he was a character I despised and yeah. loathed. And then, like, once you get to season three, like, I genuinely started to care. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they undo everything. 
yeah. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Game of Thrones, no good. Me no watch. <laughs> no. It was better. You had it right not getting invested in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... I'm, I'm exaggerating. But I was very disappointed. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's too bad. I'm it's, sorry. Christian, Let's, it's to Lucas what Dexter was to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's a very good Pretty point. Much. I love Dexter. I, although I never watched the last season. Mm. I, I did that okay. on purpose. So. I did. Because yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> because you keep wasting your fucking time. I also watched season nine of Scrubs. I'm, I yeah, never, I never listen to you. Yeah. yeah don't. <laughs> and it's also like how a bunch of like, let's just say interesting people felt with Lost. I actually love the last season of Lost. I'm, I'm, I know I'm alone in that, but I do. I genuinely. I, I've seen very TV. little of Lost. I'm, I'm lost on it. I hated. I hated <laughs> Lost right from the beginning. As soon yeah. as there's like polar bears and shit, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I mean, that's fair. But I, I, I just accepted how how ridiculous and absurd it was from the get go. Yeah. But but then again, I'm also apparently the only person in the world who hates J.J. Abrams. Or sorry, not really hates J.J. Abrams. Yeah, what is your... You you love her. Yeah, you really, really hate J.J. Abrams. Yeah, well, I feel like someone should make a a pie chart of the amount of times that Liam has mentioned the people that he hates. (laughs) And see, like, the the, uh, actual graph of it, you know? I'm I'm curious. And I don't hate J.J. Abrams. I really don't. A lot of it is that, like, I think he's... He's capable. He's so much more capable than he but he actually does. Hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'd, hey, JJ, do you know what I'd love to see the JJ Abrams original experience. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I w- I would definitely love to see something original from JJ Abrams. But people just he's people just keep hiring him to do th- that stuff, and they're giving him so much money that you can't really say no. Yeah, it's <laughs> like he has the money. He at this point in Hollywood has the authority. He's like. He can go off and do it, like do another. Well, yeah, he well, he's producing a lot of uh, original stuff that usually doesn't end up going very far. But you know, go off and do something like uh, like Super Eight again, or but even then, like Super Eight was essentially Stranger Things before Stranger Things. <laughs> ah, okay, not, not quite as good as Stranger Things. All but right. anyway, okay. So if you haven't judged by the title of the episode, mm-hmm. which uh, I will come up with soon. <laughs> uh, but, what a lovely uh, say! What a lovely say! No. That's not bad. <laughs> not bad. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we're uh, Liam and I are going to well we're all going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucas, um, you I know I don't like it. Yeah, I was just going to say why don't you tell us how you really feel? Okay, I don't like Mad Max Fury Road. I thought it. I I will never say it's a bad movie because I do think it's a it is an excellently crafted film. It is, however, very boring. Which seems like an outrageous thing yeah, to say, yeah, considering, yeah. It, considering the, its reputation. But for me, I was not invested at any point in the story. I've tried to watch it multiple times since I since I saw it in the theater. I've never been invested in the movie. Okay, that's, I that's feel completely different, <laughs> and, and I feel like now you, you essentially know how I feel whenever I watch JJ movies. So okay, so I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam said he watched a, a few scenes and then watched the behind the scenes. You said you tried to watch it I, last, night? last night. I put it on, and the next thing I knew, it was morning. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so I watched the whole thing yesterday. And uh, I still really enjoy it. Liam and I saw it four. It came up four years ago. All right. Yep. Uh, we saw it in Seattle, um, in an AMC movie theater. It was the first time I ever tried Coca Cola freestyle. Mm. If you know what that is, where you can make your own Coca Colas. Just that entire experience was already a good setup for me. <laughs> like that was already. I'm, I think it's a great movie because of that. But anyway, we. Uh, Got to sit down in this American movie theater, and one thing I will say is, when you go to a movie in America, they are significantly more aggressive than, yeah. than here in Canada. So, mm-hmm. like in Canada, it's like you know somebody's on their phone, you just hear like, if let's say somebody a couple rows ahead of you is on their phone, you lean into the person you're with, and you're like, just that question, question, yeah, no. No, in America, somebody pulls up their phone and is like, turn that fucking thing off! <laughs> and they're very angry. But anyway, wow. so... That uh, sounds like America. Yes. All of this got my energy, my adrenaline up already, mm-hmm. and then we watched the movie, and I was like pretty hype after yeah. um, I have seen it a few times since, and my love of it has definitely declined. I feel like it's it's a movie for the big screen. Watching yes. on a smaller screen probably diminishes the I experience. I could agree with that completely. I've watched it a number of times uh, since... Um, uh, since uh, the theater, uh, to a, like even when it came out on uh, on Blu-ray, I bought the entire uh, 
I was a Mad Max series and that uh, special edition pack they had. Right. So you, have you seen it in black and white then? Uh, I have not watched the black and white version. I don't really think there's a fucking point. I, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Logan where I'm like, why? I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I, I, so I was going to, I told you before we were sort of recording this episode, I feel like I've, I've figured out mm-hmm. why you don't like this movie and right. also why you don't like John Wick. Okay. So this is my theory as to why you don't like these two movies. All right. It's because you are a fan of fantasy, right? And you are a fan mm-hmm. of high fantasy more specifically, mm-hmm. right? So you like world building, right? I do. And you are a DM and you like building a world, but you also like making sure that the rules of that world make sense, right? John Wick and Mad Max are unapologetic with that. They just if you don't if you don't understand what's happening in the world well, then fuck you. Well, I think I think right? they do a pretty good job of setting it up. I disagree though because oh, after no, watching just, it after mm-hmm. watching it last night, Mad Max, it, like if you had zero understanding of what was happening at all, like if you didn't know it was an apocalypse movie, like what, big thing is like what's up with the mutants? Fuck you, there's mutants. That's why. <laughs> and then it's like why why do they have really fast cars? Fuck you, that's why. And then. <laughs> That's what it feels like when I was watching it last night. You might have a different feeling on it than uh, yeah. Well, because I, I, I actually think the world building in uh, Mad Max and John Wick, I feel pretty similarly about it. They get to the point with the world building. Okay. Because like I, I actually feel like it's pretty effective in that they don't spend too much time. They don't. They don't waste time explaining things. They just are, and I'm, I'm fine with that. All right. So Christian's wrong. On number <laughs> one. Can I share my theory? Sure. I think it's because when you and I talk about action movies and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I know you love action movies. I do. But. I've noticed that the ones you really like are the ones that are a little more vocally self-aware. Like, a little okay. more like where the characters... All, it's almost like the characters are a little more like... Like, an example being something like, uh, say, Expendables 2, where, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, Commando. Yeah, or, like, Commando. Yeah, I, do, I do love those kind of movies. Yeah, where, where it has <laughs> moments, like, where you'll have, like, Arnold literally say Commando at one point, I'll be back. Yeah. And just be a little more goofy as opposed to, like, John Wick and Mad Max, where they have those elements, but they just... But they kind of just own it and completely uh, go full force and like just be really like, self-serious. Yeah, yeah, but not in a way where it's like, but not like Zack Snyder self-serious. More mm-hmm. like uh, we just have this world. We're not going to be like a, a lot more like self-referential and whatnot. We're just going to own it and go for it. Right. Both both wonderful theories. Both wrong. <laughs> okay, theory number two. Uh, that, I, just I wish this was like a YouTube two. video and it's just like yeah. number two. Uh, number two. So here's here's my second theory. All right. Um, you're stupid. No, no, no. no uh, okay, that one's right. No. No, my, my second theory is because in in like it's connected to my first theory. Well, where in a way where both movies they they kind of just like brush over stuff at times and just kind of like things that you wish there was more um, growth on and a little bit more development uh, there in terms of like what's happening in the story. They just kind of skip over, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, um, is it Nux? Is that his name? Uh, yeah. Nick Holt's character. Nick Holt's character. Nux, um, and the redheaded w- w- bride. Yeah. They don't need to have any romantic relationship whatsoever, and mm-hmm. you can tell when you're watching the movie. There is an entire section of that film where they set up their relationship that is just yeah. gone. I think actually that's the closest theory so far. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so that there, I, I feel like there there is a lot of opportunity in that movie to have really engaging moments, but knowing that it's Mad Max and because of how they set up the character, where he's kind of like a feral dog, there's not a lot of opportunity for um like conversation mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of room for dialogue like you know furiosa probably says the most in that whole fucking movie either her or, uh uh nux yeah exactly and like max maybe has 25 lines in the whole movie yeah i was gonna say that uh what is it my my second theory also was the dialogue thing how like mm-hmm. They're not very dialogue-driven movies. They're mainly no, they're more not. driven by... John Wick and Mad Max are more so driven by... Uh, was it driven by, like, the, the physical actions and things that the characters do as opposed to, like, really talking about it or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, I mean, John Wick's kind of the ultimate stoic assassin. Yeah. And, Mad, and Max is just mad. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, both, both those theories, are, I think, are much, much closer. Uh, one, okay. of the, one of the things... I, I forgot my notebook, but one of the things I wrote down... 
was no room to breathe. Mm-hmm. I felt like I feel like during both those movies, I'm just constantly holding my breath. I'm not actually because I'd be dead, <laughs> but uh, I just feel like the characters get no room to just be people. Right. It's which, like yeah, yeah, it's just. Um, can I jump into my third theory? Yeah. Go okay. For it. Theory number three. I. <laughs> Theory number three. Number three. <laughs> I have a great idea for the next time we yeah. do this. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, um, is that, and it's not really a theory so much as I'm just building off of what you're saying, is that I did notice last night that it is pretty much just a car chase. Like, yeah. like yeah, that's the whole movie. And what happens is, is they go all the way to one spot and they're like, let's go back. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they turn around. And then just go back. Yeah. And like, yeah, okay, cool. But there, there isn't like a lot of opportunity for, like you said, holding your breath. Just or not like no taking a breath. Mm-hmm. Like actually giving the op- the audience an opportunity to see these characters interact with each other. I can fully understand why George Miller wanted to make a movie that was just a car chase because that's a fucking cool idea. Mm-hmm. But you know, even in an action movie. Um, even like, I mean, John Wick, for example, it's not just him beating the living shit out of people for two hours. There are opportunities where he puts his head down on a pillow. Yeah. You know, like, like, you know, he goes and fucking... And someone shoots the pillow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and, like, there's a lot of opportunity there for him, for us to see a little bit more of a relaxed setting. Mm -hmm. Um, still tense, but more relaxed. In in, uh, Mad Max, it's like they stop the car because they got to pour hot water on the car and then turn it back on and keep going. Mm-hmm. Like there, I mean, yes, there is a couple moments where they, they, the car or the the war rig gets stuck or whatever, and like Furiosa and Max have an opportunity to talk, but it's mo- like I said before, it's mostly just Furiosa talking at Max, and then Max going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't make that sound a lot. No. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm honestly at a point with uh, Fury Road where I don't even know if I feel like it's a really long car chase. So to me, it, it almost feels like a Roadrunner cartoon to me, mm-hmm. or yeah, like we're sure. like. Like, cause at, you just see the people vi- just based on the visuals and the, and just like the expressions of what the actors give, you immediately know what's going on. You immediately know, you immediately know what everyone's going to do and like what their role's going to be. And then the whole thing is just bombast and chaos throughout it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it is a masterclass in minimalism. Yeah. I would say so. And I think that's one of my problems with it. Obviously it has like 97% or whatever on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously it appeals to a lot of people. That's great. It didn't work for me, I think, for the reasons it worked for a lot of people. Yeah. Because one of the things I was kind of thinking about when I was trying to watch it last night was in film school and screenwriting classes, they always tell you if you don't need it, cut it. Right. If it's, if it, like, and I think that goes a little overboard with, in my opinion, with something like Mad Max. Because people, like, it doesn't, they don't feel like real people to me because, like, they don't talk. People talk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, it did kind of just feel like, um, a lot of screen captures, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it kind of feels like, um, how do I explain it? it? Cause the script for that movie was essentially a comic book, right? Like the, the, the storyboards for it ended up kind of becoming a comic book, which then became the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a screenplay, but the screenplay is not very long. Mm-hmm. Um, it, most of it is kind of what you see on the screen, right? It's like a script to screen kind of thing, but and the screenplay for that movie was essentially a comic book, but it was more of like an art book in a way, right? Where it's not really, it's not really like a movie so much. Like, I do agree with you. It's like, it is a minimalist kind of movie. So of course there is going to be a lot of that minimalism, duh. But it does kind of feel and look like, like a screensaver at times. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I if you so, were to yeah. pa- pause it at any moment, you could use that and cut it into your screensaver. I feel like the fact that the characters don't act or don't feel like real people is because, well, we're not in our world or our Lego kind of context. I think it's worse in that world. I can understand that, yes, but also going back to the first four seasons of Game of Thrones, despite the fact that they live in a very different world than us, they always felt like real people to me. Yeah, I think a lot of it, with Game of Thrones, for me at least, it works there because Game of Thrones is almost like kind of a mirror to our world. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I could argue is pretty allegorical to uh i was a to what's going on in our world can i say one thing about game of thrones yeah. while we're on it um i don't know if you saw my tweet but one of my my favorite moments of game of this game of thrones series finale was them trying to invent democracy and then everyone yeah. was like that was really <laughs> fucking funny because <laughs> yeah. i attend uh 
Tanya's my girlfriend, mother. Um, we, we, uh, when we were watching, she was with us with Liam, me and Liam, and, uh, she really enjoys Game of Thrones. I'm just, I'm taking a massive step back, and I apologize for that. But, um, she was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you, is this actually what's going to fucking happen? They're gonna vote, and then it's all quiet for a second, and everyone laughs, and yeah. then I'm like, okay. Well, here's the thing, still on Game of Thrones, democracy exists in Game of Thrones. Oh, really? The Night's Watch uses democracy to choose their commander. Oh, yeah, essentially. That's, that's how that is how Jon Snow became uh, commander of the Night's Watch. People voted for him, huh. and the fact that Sam in that moment didn't even mention the Night's Watch, like, oh, that's how we do it in the Night's Watch, was offensive to me. <laughs> yeah, because he just kind of waves them in. Well, he's just standing there. He's like, oh, why doesn't everyone decide? And like, he doesn't, he doesn't be like that's how we do it in Night's Watch, and it works pretty well. Oh, yeah, he could have explained it a little yeah, bit. More. But, yeah, but no, and then yeah, but yeah, no, what I was. But what I was saying is that, like, Game of Thrones is a little more, like... I, I'd argue that Game of Thrones, like, it, it works for me there in the sense... I was aware of people feel more like people in our world is because it feels... Game of Thrones feels almost more like it's commenting on things in our world. Like, the Game of Thrones is going on in our world. Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But also, I, I kind of disagree because, like... I, I, I watch I, uh, I watch a lot of sci-fi I uh, read like a lot of fantasy I, I experience a lot of stuff that don't that doesn't take place in our world and doesn't take place in our time and a lot of the times it still feels like they are real people just in a different culture yeah and for me in Mad Max they don't feel like real people they feel they're not quite like plot devices. But they don't. They're instruments. Like, yeah. Instruments. They're, yeah. They they feel like husks with with like minimalist personalities. Right. And they don't. It just doesn't feel like real people are going through these things. Too. Yeah. And I think a lot of my the reason I enjoy I personally enjoy that kind of thing is because like it's very different than what we usually from what we usually get in like big blockbuster action movies and whatnot, where like we're trying to appeal to just about every single demographic possible mm -hmm. while uh, things like john wick and uh i was it in mad max are like no we're just gonna make what we want to make and just own it yeah like, I, I respect that i'm the movie does not work for me though. yeah no and i'm just i think I, I think a lot of it is just like and i've talked about in the past with like how we get like so many uh marvel films or like uh the newer throwaway star trek films where we're just trying to appeal to every single demographic as much as possible to a point where it's like Sometimes with those movies, it feels like we're just trying to we're trying to make a pizza that could cater to literally everybody, and it's and it just and then you get something to latch onto, but then it kind of alienates you away. It's like oh, I don't want any peanut butter on my pizza. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't. I mean, like maybe I want just want some anchovies, and I feel like uh, I was I feel like having things out there like Mad Max and John Wick, kind of like they they remind me why I like going to the movies because I'm. I get really tired of most movies just, I feel like, trying to do and be the same thing. Mm -hmm. Where, like, uh, John Wick and Mad Max are made by visionaries and people with, like, a very specific vision. Eh, I mean, like, to like, some regard, yes. Like, I mean, George Miller also made Happy Feet. <laughs> uh, it's a decent movie. He also made Babe, Pig in the City. Uh, a lot of people like that movie. It's, it's either Mad Max or Talking Animals. <laughs> George, he should uh, combine them. Maybe they're in the same universe. In fact, to a point where it really makes me wish that George Miller did get his Justice League movie made back in the 2000s. Yeah, I think I think kind of what you're saying there is like the movie industry is specializing in like four cheese pizza. Something, yeah. something that pretty much everyone can be like, okay, it's fine. But you, you want deluxe. Yeah, I want variety. Sort of yeah. I personally love cheese pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I, for me with cheese pizza, it's like, if I wanted cheese pizza, couldn't I just get like what? some nan bread, sprinkle some cheese over top, put it in my oven, and just That's eat not it? a pizza, though. Uh, on the note of pizza and uh, uh, analogs. Um, but here's to say you went to... Uh, well, I don't know if this is going to be a great uh, uh, analogy. Let's say you went to a party, Lucas. <laughs> oh, who knows? <laughs> I know. Uh, Lucas has been to a few of my parties. And, yeah, uh, I usually leave yeah, early. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. You, you, you come, though, and I appreciate yeah. that. Anyway, beside the point, yeah. uh, thanks for coming all this. No problem. Yeah. Uh, but if you're at a party and they only have deluxe pizza, mm -hmm. are you still going to grab a slice of deluxe pizza? No. Really? Yeah. I, I hate deluxe pizza. Okay. <laughs> I'm just being way too little. Okay, I've, got a, I've got one for you. All right. 
I was it? Let's say, let's say an argument of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you're defending vanilla and I'm defending chocolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're like, no, uh, vanilla is the best uh, ice cream in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? But I think we need more variety in there so people can actually make. No, nope, vanilla only. <laughs> Fuck you. We're killing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that that. I was, that got a little racial. It got did. A little too racial. It I'm sorry. Really fast. Yeah. I was, Jesus, dude. I was going to try and defuse the situation, but I'm glad you're, you did. Your small me. your small town character is. Really kicking oh in. no, Liam! You're right. <laughs> I'm gonna have to leave now. I've been nope. banished from the city. Yeah, Lucas exactly. is going to go to the Calgary Stampede. Yeah, now. See, that's why I love this stuff. It's not about it's not about proving that I'm right. It's about proving that you're wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I see. Oh no, I'm getting southern. <laughs> Hot diggity dog! I wanna fuck my cousin. <laughs> uh, I apologize to all the southern folks out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah, things are fucked down there. No, that's um, I, I, I am not gonna argue that Mad Max shouldn't exist. I've already said it's not a it's nowhere near a bad movie. It's right. an expertly crafted movie. It obviously appeals to a lot of people. Um I have personal problems it with it, in my opinion. It doesn't work, but obviously to other people it does. Yeah. You're not gonna like yeah, you're not I'm gonna, not gonna take it. Yeah, I'm not gonna take away your Mad Max. Yeah. It's not like uh, <laughs> I mean how could you? <laughs> it's not like some movies I know where like a lot of people or was a better praise left and right. I'm like, okay, here's why objectively and what's put on the screen. I can put out to you why this doesn't work. And then we're all like, God damn it, Liam, why'd you have to go and get all smart on me? <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Yep. It was, uh, it was Liam's ass talking. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Frank. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's also blowing a horn. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> Okay. Well, and there's some smoke going up there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah <laughs> fuck you, Liam. I guess what I'm saying is that it's more like, uh, it's kind of the opposite of what I have with, say, something like uh, Titanic, mm-hmm. or like... Uh, well, it's just a bad movie. Yeah, where I could... We're <laughs> just based on objective facts and objective things that are showcased, and from a, and from writing perspectives, I can point out to you why this doesn't work. So well, the thing is, I, I kind of, uh, I just want to point out that I disagree with uh, Liam here, as a... Uh, we usually disagree on those I, things. I think I might be on your side on this one. Go for it, Lucas. I don't. I don't believe in objective when it comes to taste and art. I know. I know there are obviously things objectively. This doesn't make sense. Objectively, this is a contradiction. But subjectively, lots of those things don't matter in the case of someone's experience with. I mean, the art. yeah. That's, I was. I, and I was actually going to say very much the same thing. Is like. Who are you to say what someone should or should not like? No, it's not what they should. It's just it's more so saying like why the pro why the why the thing at hand doesn't work. Right, but what isn't I'm, that isn't that a little in, bit elitist? No, what I was going to explain is don't worry. Sometime down the line, we will do an ep- uh, go getting more into this talk. No, about I think we're gonna do it right now. We're really, <laughs> doing it right no, now. I'm saying we're, we eventually we will. I do want to do an episode that elaborates on this more. The idea of the objective versus the subject. Just to fuck mm-hmm. with you, I'm gonna cut this out and make it a bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> So it's already done. <laughs> um, but what I was going to argue with, uh, what I was going to say about the whole objective and subjective thing, I'd say the way I've always described it is like, uh, was it enjoyment or not? That's completely subjective and nobody can take that away from you. However, logic is not. Okay, logic but, is but, not but, democracy. But is that not your subjective opinion on objectivism? Like, you're basically saying that your objective opinion is more relevant than somebody's subjective opinion. What I'm and saying you're, is you're being elitist. That's what no, it is. No, I'm saying that based off of that, based off of that, when you base things off of literally like what's in front of you, and like when you scientifically and deconstructively break it down, yes, there is a lot wrong. However, all the power to you. Like I kind of wish you, I could have that. Yeah, I don't think anyone's like neither of us are arguing that. Oh, I like this thing, therefore it's perfect. But like the thing about uh, a lot of criticisms people have, like for example, Toy Story. Like, yeah, uh, Buzz thinks he's a real person, but he still falls down on the floor when Andy comes in. The Sure, objectively, that is a contradiction. However, to a lot of people, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Right. And that's my argument. If it doesn't matter to you, if it doesn't affect your experience with the art, because me, because to me, the experience you have with the art is the most important thing. And if you, if you have a bad experience with art, and you have, if you have criticisms, it's mostly because you had an emotional reaction. Art is emotional. Art is not scientific. Art and art and science, both great things. I think they're polar opposites. I know, and I see it as almost like kind of, in the, yeah, they are opposites. I've almost seen it in the ways of being kind of like a yin yang, where it's like you need the two to work off each other, and like it's almost like an eternal dance. It's almost like an eternal dance, kind of like the moon and the ocean. 
You kind of need both to react to each other. other. <laughs> yes. I do. You'd appreciate that. But like, I feel like you kind of need both. Uh, was it to work alongside each other to actually find balance? If you now, lean... now, we're, now we're now we're talking about uh, like life and society. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I although I I disagree, Liam. I I don't feel like you need to have um, the that balance to necessarily enjoy art because art is not art. Art is a universal language. Yes, and there is there is art that is not necessarily good. But it doesn't mean that somebody didn't make it and didn't put their heart into it and didn't try to make something that somebody else would enjoy. You know, I mean, we're getting very personal. Right <laughs> now. I mean, I'd argue the same for you, but we're not going to get into the. Uh, Liam it, won't uh, let me kiss him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I feel uh, was it. I feel like when something is like when you can sign. Uh, was it like? Uh, was it actually scientifically break something down and be like, yeah, this is why it doesn't work but you enjoy it regardless, I'm like, I almost leave, I almost find that kind of beautiful. Like, you're loving something unconventionally. Just because a, a flower is beautiful doesn't mean you have to pick it. What? Do you understand that? <laughs> Not really. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you can observe something's beauty, but you don't have to, you don't have to criticize it. You know, like, you don't have to pick a flower. Right, you can still look at a flower and observe it, but you don't have to criticize the fucking flower. Yeah, I, I think there's a fine line between art and craft as well. Like craft Fair. is how a thing is constructed, and art is like you interacting with it. I think, like me, like for example, I think the craft of Mad Max Fury Road is phenomenal. I think mm-hmm. the people who made it really knew what they're doing. But my experience with it uh, was basically non-existent. Yeah. Like the art of it did not work for me. Does I, that make sense? Yeah, yeah I actually, I think sense, yeah. that actually sums up what I think, what kind of what I'm trying to explain a lot better than I could have. No. <laughs> like, because, like, yes, uh, what is it, the craft and whatnot, like, craftily put together, like, uh, was it the sets, like, the way it's directed and whatnot, is pretty damn close to being seamless. Like, there are some awkward, uh, weird points where there's CGI, um, but, like, everything is put together, and the sheer amount of work and, like, ever and everything that was done for it really come, uh, really shows in the final product. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, um, but, and, like, you can admit it for that, but if you didn't, but if you didn't enjoy it, and you just can't even explain, or it's, you can't even explain why, and it's just, like, something that didn't hit your sensibilities, <laughs> then, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think our major difference here is you're more interested in, like, critiquing the craft of it, and, like, uh... Like, the, the inner workings and, like, the lot more logical, like, physical aspects of it. And I'm more interested in the critique, critiquing the art, the experience, and why, or why that doesn't work. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm here to get offended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like most uh, millennials slash post-millennials. Shut but, the fuck up. You're um, a millennial too, Liam. Yeah, I don't have to like my generation. Um, <laughs> millennials, you're fine. You're fine. You're doing yeah, fine. You're doing great. Shit's weird. You're doing fine. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say Bernie that. Sanders will save you all. <laughs> Never put too much faith in one person. <laughs> Fuck individualism. Moving um, on, moving on. But like, uh, um, I'm really sad now, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like, because when it comes to th- like, uh, was it when it comes to things and whatnot? I think uh, when it comes to my experience going to a movies and whatnot, like, I do have a very critical mind. And, like, I do, like... <laughs> Sorry. I just imagine Liam in a beautiful mind, but instead it's <laughs> a critical mind, and instead of having schizophrenia, he's just getting pissed off at people. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think a lot of it is that, like, um, is, like, keep in mind, I'm the asshole where when I watch an action movie, I'll, in my head, I'll be bullet counting. <laughs> um, and that's that's how some people watch yeah, movies. And how I watch movies. But. Amber's also where, like, I'll keep an eye open, like, a lot of the time I'm not even doing it. It's just something that subconsciously just kicks it in my mind where like I'll start to notice certain implications where I'm like, I'm not sure how I feel about this in our... And like there are definitely times where like the craft... To me, craft should always support the art. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah. it, and the craft should not be uh, like... To me, something like The Revenant or Birdman, mm-hmm. that was a craft gimmick. Not really much of an artistic experience yeah, for like me. Yeah, like you can you can paint you can make a painting out of dog shit, but and you can make it beautiful, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily like great. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a gimmick. Yeah. It's a gimmick. Like yeah. you're using a gimmick to sell your art. Yeah, right. I mean, in Birdman, I could I've heard an argument as to why uh, that gimmick was used and how it supports the narrative and like the That's way right. it was done, but uh, a lot of it is uh, um, I think a lot of it is that like again, I enjoy just going to the movies and watching. Like I love going to the movies, but 
I also have like a lot of my own personal sensibilities are very much like, yeah, no, I mean, I can't just sit there and admit that everything's perfect and enjoy everything. I need to look at it with a critical eye and be like, and explain like, okay, this is why I don't think this works. Most, most of this stuff comes to like writing stuff, um, like screenplay and cause I'm, to be honest, when it's like, how, how to explain? I know I'm much very fascinated with the craft of a screenplay, but I can also like, I'm not as into like the technicals and whatnot, but like when something's really good, I do try, I do notice it. And I do try to, I was pointed out. I just don't, I just feel like a lot of a writing, a lot of the time writers and like the actual scripts don't get enough attention when movies are discussed, at least in a uh, mainstream yeah, discussion. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like we've gone off on a bit of a tangent here. We're just kinda... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all relevant. It was, I, yeah, I it was relevant. Yeah, it was all relevant. Like, relevant. Do you guys, do you see what I'm saying, Lucas? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, get, I, I totally get it. I just think we, we just completely different. Part of this conversation? <laughs> I feel like you and, I feel like you and I have more or less the same ideal of one up, but our attitudes towards it are pretty different. I, I got a sea car over there. I'm just going to play it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're right. We, we just can't, we, we approach movies differently, basically. That's, we, that's why we never agree on things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, sorry, what did you just say? You said <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't remember. You and, you and Liam uh, agree on things, but don't agree on things? Um, we, 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 we approach movies differently, and that's why we always disagree on most things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the fun one of the most fun parts about us starting this podcast, the original concept was going to be Liam and Lucas fight with me playing the middleman. Yeah. And unintentionally, that has kind of been what has happened over the past <laughs> 20 episodes. I don't know. Sometimes so, Lucas has to play the middleman. Yeah, Especially sometimes. when Rick and Morty comes up, but... Yeah. Season five or season four, uh, in, uh, November, guys, November. Let the tribalists return. Uh, I'm gonna make a list of words that Liam's not allowed to say, and I'm gonna Does put, he have to put a dollar in a jar. Every yes, time he says one. We uh, just so people know, we uh, we have recently found our new home for our uh, podcast. We are doing it in our new studio, uh, new studio space. We're still recording off of a uh, um, uh, one channel or one microphone um uh, recorder an h4n for those of you that are that know what that is uh so that's why sometimes you might hear some foreign sounds in the next couple episodes here you might hear a door closed door slam we're still trying to set up this space still trying to soundproof it to the best of our abilities uh but yeah i just wanted to give a heads up so that if you do hear any foreign sounds in the next couple weeks we're still trying to figure some stuff out I know it's uh we've definitely gone through some waves in how we've recorded stuff in the past. Like, um, we had been recording in the same place for a really long time for I think for at least seventeen episodes or, mm-hmm. or sixteen episodes or something like that, and that's why they all kind of sound the same um, compared to like our second episode where we recorded it in Liam's apartment, right? Um, and right. Yeah, and then did. how we had moved from place to place our horror uh, excuse to talk about creep for example was at my last apartment right and we had that my brother's cat in in there the whole fucking time um but uh yeah we're just trying to figure some stuff out so um that's it which also might explain some of uh, liam and i's crankiness uh (laughs) i love you liam say it back I'm never. <laughs> um, I was like, Lucas, please start laughing sooner, or else it's gonna be really upsetting. Um, anyway, that, Lucas, I love yeah. you. Say it back. <laughs> Say it back. I'm sorry. Oh my god. All <laughs> right. Like, anyway, I feel like. No, I love like, you guys. You're great. I guess back on the main subject of a discussion, like part of why I wanted to do something like this is is not just so like I could argue or whatnot as much as I do have little to no interest in sitting in a room with people that'll just agree with me. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like... I, I agree. <laughs> I think a lot of it... Like, I live for discuss- <laughs> I live for discussion and discourse because that's the only way to come to new truths and new understanding. Yeah. I feel like yeah. through this... Me too. Lucas and I may have a little bit more of an understanding. Yeah. And I feel like you guys like Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road la- less, and that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I won. Bit. Yeah. I won the argument, you yeah. guys. And uh, then I'm going to put in the prices Right sound. But <laughs> Lucas has won. I don't know. I haven't been swayed. I just have an okay. understanding of where Honestly, <laughs> you know what? If we if we are going to keep doing this sort of thing and like do a couple of these uh, episodes, um, if you can get at least one guy to go onto your side even a little bit, you fucking won. So, yeah. Lucas, you win. Um gratification yeah uh, no where Fuck. 
Fuck. You can use your you can use your credit online. Somehow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is, is it, it? Is it is it approved by Amazon? Yes. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. They take they take uh they take exposure. I right. think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I like Mad Max less now. Lucas won. Liam um, I still, and I fought. I, I feel it's been a I have, I'm, I'm like I'm very, I'm happy about winning, but also I'm a little sad that I ruined Mad Max a little bit for you. Yeah. You didn't ruin anything for me. Well, fuck you, Liam. It's like when a girl. <laughs> it's like when a girl bites on your wiener. It's mm. like uh, Army and Ornet or dude. You know, I'm not. I'm not. Whatever. Man, this metaphor really fell on me. <laughs> um, it's like when you're receiving a massage, and she karate chops you. In your taint. There we go. Yeah. You like, are very sure. bad at metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> and you used to make fun of me for metaphors on here. At least I can actually execute them properly. It's like, um, it's like if, um, walk oh, in. Oh god, and... I think Chris is broken now. <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, the back. You reached behind back. You took. You, you took a battery. Yeah, he was, we, were, we swapped batteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. I'm gonna end the episode now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my name is Christian. My name is Lucas. My name is Liam. And I still have Tagrity. Take care. Tagrity first. <laughs> <laughs>